Welcome back to the Three Man Weave NBA podcast with Cat, Martin, and Kraz. When we've headed into the offseason, we said it was going to be a big summer for our four teams, Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, and Nets. And I think the NBA and those four teams delivered on that promise. Martin, what's hot out in L.A.? Well, it is the uh, around the 4th of July weekend-ish period in time. This is uh, my favorite point of my favorite period of times of the year because, like, I think today is the only day that there is no professional sports being played all, of all four sports. So I take this day off. I went to work, though, but mentally take the day off. So, you know, Undisputed got a, a, a you know, it, it happens sometimes. But the big news is I am now four wins away from my second consecutive NBA title and my second year with the Phoenix Suns, uh, point guard number eight, big baller. <laughs> it's uh, four wins away against the Indiana Pacers. So Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner, I don't know how you got to the Eastern Conference Finals or how you won, but I hope you enjoy second place. Kraz, what is hot by you in Brooklyn town? I, I didn't I didn't know what direction you were going with your your championship <laughs> in the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Brooklyn is hot in itself. It is muggy and hot outside. Inside, there are no sports. It's the weirdest day and a half or two days, whatever it is, of sports when the ESPYs happen or uh, and there's nothing. But the summer league is hot. I've been enjoying a little summer league action. My Knicks, uh, you know, that's what we have to look forward to these days. So. We try to enjoy it. Catman, uh, I guess this is where you gloat and uh, tell everybody, including all the weavers and achievers, I told you so, right? Well, you know, I, I, you know if I were going to gloat, I would talk about how I praised the Clippers, you know, all of the last season. You know, and if I was going to make a big deal out of it, I would say that uh, I told you so. But I'm not. I'm a humble guy. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take a victory lap. Um, and just, you know, bask in all my Clipper glory. Um, instead, what do you say we just get to it? Let's, Let's get, get to it. 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 Welcome to the three-man week. Featuring your host, Cat. Martin and Kraz. Let's get ready to weave and achieve. I told you so. <laughs> Man, I told you. We tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. It is a glorious day in Clipperland. We had a summit meeting. It was me, Clipper Daryl. Farbod, Penny Marshall from up in heaven. Uh, may she rest in peace. And Clipper Nation, we are, I don't know if we're back, because I don't know if we were ever there, but we are here. The Clippers. Martin, are people talking about the Clippers out in L.A.? Uh, yes. I'd say, I have to say yes. That's the first time he's ever said yes. Yes. But it's definitely more like, wow, Kawhi strung the Lakers over a barrel, and he went to the Clippers? 
Like nationally, it's like, oh yeah, the Clippers are the best team in the Western Conference. Odds on favorites to win the championship. Here, it's like, like matter of fact, I believe Snoop tweeted out a meme. It was like order of basketball in Los Angeles. It was like Lakers. And it was like UCLA, USC, Modern Day High School, like Sierra Canyon, AAU, the Clippers, and then like the JVA, where the Lamelo Ball played. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like a little salt and pepper. He sounds salty. Laker Nation is salty. L.A. doesn't know how to handle the greatness that is Jerry West, Doc Rivers, Ivica Zubac. Kraz, could you feel the seismic waves? Actually, I probably should not say that since there were actual earthquakes. No, I could feel the seismic waves. I was there. I felt the earthquakes, and I was there when the trade happened. But, Kraz, did you feel the reverberations all the way out here in Brooklyn? Uh, maybe just that was you coming from your apartment. I don't know. But I'll give you credit, credit where it is absolutely due. And you deserve this time to gloat and have your time on the mic because you have been backing this Clippers team since you talked about it earlier, like 13 months ago, as a better destination for LeBron and continued to stay behind them and actually became a Clippers fan. So I think all the Weavers and Achievers know that and they respect that. And uh, the fact that your two teams just landed and are probably two of the favorite teams in the next couple of years as uh, KD comes back is pretty damn impressive. I could feel the reverberations. It was pretty nuts that Kawhi just owns the Lakers by basically holding them hostage for all of free agency except for clutch sports clients and just like got to you know toronto doesn't really care i mean i see all the stuff online like social media dumplings it's pretty funny how people make the good point like uh lebron did all this stuff and guys did this stuff in the past and they hated him for it Kawhi's just so awkward and so funny that no one really cares but he just like like mind fucked half the teams in the nba I was in Vegas when it happened. We left the game because the earthquake, the earth started shaking. So we left, got back to the hotel. It's like 11.15, and then all of a sudden I get to my phone, Woj bombs, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, Paul, like, Paul George, how? Like, first of all, the two things were just like, all right, Woj just tweeted it so it's true. But what, Paul George is going to the Clippers for what? And then it's like, oh, Paul George is going to the Clippers for ex- like extensively more did the Lakers got Anthony Davis for? And then it's like, well, okay, that makes sense because Paul George is, it has two years left on his deal. But wait, why would the Thunder trade Paul George with two years left on his deal? This makes no absolute, like, you know, that, that, was the, that was the walk that I went down. They're blowing it up. I think that the reason why we are looking at Kawhi Leonard in a different way is because smart basketball minds look at the Oklahoma City Thunder and see that Paul George did Sam Presti a favor, right? And, like, this team was this team was a first-round exit, second-round sweep at best, and you're in luxury tax hell. I'm giving you a way to blow this up, right? And we can put it all on Kawhi. Now, like, he's trading Russell Westbrook, and there's no, and there's no question. Now, if he had just think – of, think of this trade that never happened, and he just, Russell Westbrook was just on the market. Like, A, people will be laughing at him for this contract, but everybody will also be like, wow, you're like, it, it would be on him versus like Paul George made him do it. 
Yeah. And to your point, I think, and someone, one of the guys mentioned it on a podcast that this is definitely what press D wanted. It's and in terms of being able to just kind of blow it up and restart. That's like a GM stream, especially a guy like him that loves, you know, he's, he was a, a, a not a process guy specifically, but he, he's that type of GM and that type of thinker. And the way that, you know, he's going to be able now to hopefully get rid of Restbook's contract, potentially Steven Adams' contract, and just have all these picks. Um, so I don't know. It was it's it'll be interesting to see what what happens with Russ. But it's funny that on last week's episode, when mentioning who Jimmy Butler could play with, we said Russ, and now it looks like Miami could be the spot. Cat, what are you hearing? I mean, what, what do you think about Russ to to Miami? Uh, I see what you're doing there, and it's not going to work. We're going to walk it back to the Clippers. <laughs> uh, because I just want to tell a quick story in conjunction with Martin's story where, Martin, you were in Vegas, so it was 11 o'clock at night, so you got it at a reasonable hour. Now, I tend to sleep through the night, but for whatever reason, I popped up at 6.15 in the morning, and I look at my phone, and I had a missed call from Martin and then I had a text from my boy Mateo that said, wow, you're Clippers. And I knew it. Something told me. Like, Wake up, Catman. There's something. And I, and I said to myself before I went to sleep, too, I was like, wouldn't it be the most kawaii thing to do this in the middle of the night? I had been refreshing my phone all day looking for Clipper updates. And lo and behold, what do you know? Grandpa Jay texts me and said, dude, for whatever reason, I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning and saw the Woj bomb. Kawhi dropping his nuts on the Lakers, on the rest of the NBA. And I just want to pose a question. It might be rhetorical, but feel free to answer. At what point do we start putting Kawhi Leonard into the upper echelon discussion? Does he have to win a regular season MVP? Like, like if he starts to like win a title with the the Clippers and he's got three with three different teams and he's pulling the same sort of power moves that LeBron's pulling. Yeah, I was about to say he, right now it does, he's there now because he's pulling the same kind of power moves. In fact, he's pulling power moves that LeBron didn't. Ooh, and that's why the Clippers are the big brother of L.A. And that's why the Nets are the big brothers of New York. And I kind of hate to say it, but is Michigan State our big brother? It could be could be the case. Little brothers, man. The B teams everywhere are are rising up. But I digress. Clipper Nation, feel free to tweet me, write to me. We can, you know, reminisce about the good old days of I, I've only been a Clippers fan for a year, so I can't really talk about <laughs> those days. But let's talk on the next subject. Russ going to potentially Houston, uh Houston, uh Russ potentially going to the Pistons. I think there's a lot of teams maybe going to Miami. I, I just think it's remarkable that Russell Westbrook is on the market and teams aren't breaking down the door to get him. It's like a very light market. Nobody really wants to touch it. The contract is poison. Martin, I think you made a little appearance in a little video on the internet uh, out in Vegas at Summer League. I did. Should we get a quick Summer League update? And uh, maybe it's a little... Uh, it was literally physically hot in Vegas, was it not? Oh, man. I, it's the type of heat that makes you want to go to church just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Oppressive heat. <laughs> I mean, literally. So I landed at like six straight to the gym, saw Zion, 
when we're down on the court, obviously, well, obviously, but it's the first time I had been in the uh, same arena as him and went down on the court, watched him dunk. I tweeted out a video of him dunking from like the pretty much right under the basket. And I will tell you what, he is big. He's chonk. I put it to you like this. And when I go to work, I interact with a lot of football players and interact with a lot of basketball players. Zion Williamson looked like a football player playing basketball. And I don't necessarily mean he looked like a wide receiver or a cornerback, if you know what I mean. He looked more like a look closer to Mark Slareth than uh than Deshaun Jackson, if you know what I mean. Did Mark play offensive line? And that's what Zion looked like. He needed to drop the hips and suffer his feet and make sure he got two hands on the defensive end. Oh, I'm not wow. kidding. However, I will say, I will say this. For the first three minutes of the game, it was like, uh oh, is this thing broken? Like, is he, is it, are you, is this going to work? Yeah, it took him a sec. He was getting some of his jump shots blocked. And then, you know, I actually got a couple texts from people who were there. I was like, yo, Zion is looking really pedestrian, right? And then before I got the text, right, I seen the text, like, you know, like, so like seven minutes ago or whatever. So I see the text. Seven minutes, and that seven minutes that had gone by, he then grabbed the ball from Kevin Knox and not eliminated his entire family and it dunked it through the, like, through the ground. And honestly – may have caused the aftershock because it only happened but shortly seconds afterwards. I didn't see him bang his knee, but I will say this. He's big. He's got – he is – he – his 6'8 looks nothing like LeBron's 6'8. And I was standing next – I was – as I was both – next to both of them, to, that within an arm's reach of both of them this weekend. Zion looks – Zion has to drop like 20, 30. I don't know if he's going to be able to. But he's very strong. He's very big. I. You sound you sound nervous. I am nervous. I am nervous. But I feel bad being nervous because he's nineteen. Like he just turned. Like I was there for his nineteenth birthday. I saw what he did at Duke, and yeah, he was a big. He was bigger than he was at Duke. But I imagine, like, when he was at Duke, he was in, in season shape this summer. All they've been, all he's been doing in the last, like, since March, since mid-March, all he's been doing is photo shoots and interviews and working out, right? He hasn't been playing in-game shape. He's not – I'm not ready to, like – I will say this, crash. My overall takeaway from Summer League is R.J. Barrett made any contacts. You think? Oh, well. Apparently, he he worked on his uh, his shooting motion this summer, and uh, it seems to have dramatically affected his ability to shoot the basketball, which could be problematic. Um, he he looked a little better last night. They have another game tonight at playing. Actually, don't don't tell me I recorded it. Strangely enough, as we're recording here. Oh my God, Kraz, seek help, please. On Wednesday, <laughs> July tenth. The only reason it's sort of enjoyable is because the starting lineup is like the actual starting lineup with Knox and Robinson oh, when Trier yeah. was in there. He's, they got their starting lineup playing Summer League. It's really sad, but Barrett, 
looked better last night. Okay, but you know what though? Just a minute, Crash. I have to give you credit because you're a realistic fan, even though you do shit like that. Because you, some people would do shit like that and be like, "Yo, Kevin Knox looks really good. I see no. the second seed in the East." No. No, Kevin Knox actually looks pretty soft and like he has not improved from year one to year two and it's only summer league. What I will say, Mitchell Robinson looks ready to be like a real NBA center. What I will say about RJ Barrett is he looks slow. Like he just looks a little bit too slow, but he's also big. So when he gets going a little bit uh, at the top and he was playing a little point at the end of the game last game, he does have some some ability like he showed at Duke to really take people off the dribble uh, that are smaller and just use his size. But he does not look quick and he does not look particularly good defensively, unlike Iggy Brasdikis, who looks just good. But it's summer league, as we know, so we shouldn't do anything. Nothing better than a guy on the Knicks that it's like, plays one good summer league game, like immediate contract. Lock this in. Hey, come on. It's a Michigan guy. A little overreaction. No, a next point, though, Kevin Knox did uh, dot Zion in the eye a few good times prior to getting his soul snatched. All right. Well, if I'm looking for anything in summer league, I'm definitely not looking for somebody that makes a shot. I'm looking for the guy that rips the ball out of the other guy's hands like a child. Zion Williamson looked like an offensive lineman that ripped the ball out of the court or the defensive lineman that looked ripped the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Yeah, Knox, I'm telling you, like he he's shot the ball okay one or two of the games, but he just looks a little soft still. He he's not finishing well. His face looks soft. Like literally soft. Can I say, too, that uh, I saw on the ESPN ticker the other day that Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, had like 32 and 10, and I just thought it was Adrian Payne, and I was like, man, he's been in the league a few too many years to still be playing Summer League, and then I realized it was actually Cam Payne, who's also been in the league too many years to be playing Summer League, like... Uh, next thing you know, like they're just you're gonna see Amari popping up or Melo popping up in summer league. Like it's just an open invite now because it's more popular. Let's do a pop quiz. How old is Adrian Payne, and where is he playing basketball right now? Adrian Payne is. Let's see if I'm 29. Adrian Payne is 27, and I'm gonna go with. Italy. I'm going to say 28 and China. All right. He is 28, February 19th, 1991, and he's playing for a team called ASVEL Basket. Asvel Basket in, it looks like, France. Yeah. Nice. That was close, Martin. Dude, I thought he was going to be a pro player. He was a monster at, at state, and he just always looked so big. But like, dude, I'm with you. Could kind of do things. I feel like he just never put it together. I thought he was going to be a stretch four. Yeah, yeah he could kind of shoot, and he like looked good early on for a few games, and then I think like probably didn't play defense, and like seemed like a tough guy to get along with at times, from what I could observe. Oh. Well, we also want to talk about your uh, appearance in the L.A. versus L.A. dap-up video. Yeah, I was about to wonder. I wondered if you guys saw that. I did. And 
I loved your tweet. I thought your tweet was hilarious about not getting caught <laughs> yeah. picking your nose. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, you being in your phone makes you look legit. Like, basically, I could tweet that video and be like, hey, look, there's Martin Weiss, like, breaking news, right? Like, he's just tweeting out news, breaking it. All right, so I can tell the whole story of how that happened. The game had just ended. I was walking around by myself. It was uh, it was Saturday. I was just kind of like, because my friends who came with me, once they saw John Moran was playing, got, got upset and left. I was like, I get it. Yeah, so I'm standing there, and I'm just kind of hanging out, and I look. And I see, like, kind of a gaggle of people in, like, the back tunnel, right? So I'm like, hey, let's go see what's back there. And, you know, I, start, I turn and I walk and I see these people are pretty tall. And I'm like, oh, that's, Le- that's Anthony Davis. They go, oh, next to him, that's LeBron James. And then there was this other guy who had his back turned with his hair bleach blonde, dyed bleach blonde. I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> I, can't, like, I can't see it. Turn around. It's the big three. So I kind of walk over there. And, like, I'm honestly, like, I've been in the same room with LeBron a few times. I was I was close enough to LeBron that if I had said LeBron, he would have turned and looked at me and said, what? See, part of it was I didn't, like, see, oh, there's LeBron. I'm going to go walk up to him and talk to him. It was like, oh, there's a bunch of people. I walked up to be a bunch of people. Then a bunch of people started to thin out. And now it's like me and LeBron and, and LeBron's folk and Anthony Davis. But they're like – they're at a different table in the lunchroom, but we're next to each other. You know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, they head out to the court. So I head out to the court. And then I was like, I should take some pictures of this because this is kind of cool. Kyle Kuzma actually posted the directly on angle of the picture that I took from the side. And then I took a picture of their shoes. And then as I posted it on Twitter, I saw a man shorter than me, like, Pretty much, like my height, more or less, walked past in a uh, Shaquille O'Neal throwback Magic jersey. And I was like, impressive. Right? And then I look over and I see Lou Will shaking hands with LeBron. And I see, I was like, oh, that's Patrick Beverly. And then I was like, oh, shit. Fucking showdown. I was like, hey, everybody in LA, welcome. Um, Other summer, random summer league thoughts. Last year, Trey Young was missing everything, but he was, like, getting wherever he wanted to on the court. And, like, it just looked like he was having bad luck with his shots. Or, like, maybe he had the yips or something. But, like, you know, kind of like one of those unexplainable things. R.J. Barrett doesn't look the same way. And people are like, oh, Trey Young was bad last year. R.J. Barrett just didn't look – he looked like he wasn't figuring it out uh, time and time again down the court. Not to say that he won't eventually, but in the, I don't know, 14 or so minutes of summer league basketball I watched him play, that's my take. You still buying that stock low on the Knicks? Uh, actually, no. Martin's <laughs> out. I mean, you can't be buying too much stock after the Reggie Bullock situation. Um, I would say that's a little hot. It's hot, hot, it's lukewarm. Uh, Reggie Bullock failed his physical, and therefore the Knicks, uh, I guess, get to rework his deal and now have more cap space and may sign Marcus Morris. But uh, you, you got a Woj compliment saying that the Knicks handled the whole procedure like a professional team and that, you know, 
They made it really convenient. Well, that's a surprise. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder if the Knicks told Woj to say that. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. That's so fucking stupid. Now we have to compliment the Knicks for making the right decision <laughs> when a guy can't even pass a fucking physical because he eats too many. He, like, I don't know. He just he got fat in the offseason. What do we think his food of choice was? He was out in L.A. Do you think he was just eating a lot of burritos? Was he eating pizza? I'll give him tacos. Tacos. I bet he was just going ham on everything. I bet he was just like. Eats canter style? Yeah, like just like eating burgers, like eating out. Like L.A.'s got a great freaking food scene. Like he's just probably crushing everything, eating desserts. Like I don't blame him. And then just figured he'd get his contract and get it back in shape in the regular season like most, you know, middle tier veterans do. So that's a lot of money to get in shape in the middle of the season and kind of sucks that he wanted to go to the Knicks to do that. But good for the Knicks that they caught it ahead of time. And now they have a little extra cap space. They might potentially sign Marcus Morris, which leads us to my, which leads me into my next point. Will he fight Bobby Portis if they're on the same team? I said it's pretty much a guarantee. I'd put the odds at like, I guess he ain't guaranteed to you guys fighting, but like, <laughs> Plus one ninety, maybe. Right, and 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 the the bookmaker probably has to adjust that because everybody's hammering it. So, so you said Ian's canter just now, and it gave me this one-off random thought. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about the Boston Celtics like they did not get significantly worse this off season, and I think like Ian's canter and Kemba Walker do not make up Kyrie Irving and Al Horford like not like whatsoever, right? I guess, like, logistics-wise or, or talent-wise, no. But in terms of maybe chemistry and fit and letting everybody, you know, letting things breathe a little bit more, maybe. Like, no more Rogier. Like, they kind of opened up the roster a little bit. Now, you know, they, they still have, I feel like, a log jam with Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum because – if Gordon Hayward doesn't play at the caliber that they signed him to play at, then it becomes a problem, especially because there's nepotism with Brad Stevens. And I think, as much as I joke about that, the players really do resent that Brad Stevens definitely has a soft spot for Gordon Hayward. And I wonder how much that's an inhibitor of that team's success, as much like it was for Doc Rivers and Austin Rivers. Now look at Doc. Might win a title. <laughs> No, it's a great call out, and they're definitely going to miss Horford. I, I think you're both right in that. The yes, the chemistry might seem better, but you know, Enos Cantor is definitely not Horford defensively, and definitely not the stretch five that Horford became either. There's a reason he was able to sign for so much money so late in his career. Uh, I guess they're just thinking that they're going to be able to like piece together those center minutes, or maybe they think Robert Williams is, uh, you know, becoming. Uh, like NBA ready pretty soon. I don't know, but the Hayward thing will be something to watch all year, both just because of the Brad Stevens situation and like, can he come back in year two from that injury? Yeah. Die. That whole, like, I don't know. It seems weird to me. Like I, the, I, my, my memories of Venus Cantor of him getting played off the court in the playoffs, like in, in, in consecutive years, like, well, he was okay in, in some of the Portland playoffs this past year, but to your, yeah, I guess like in the end got ran over. I mean, he's so bad defensively. Like once a team just starts going to him in the pick and roll, to your point, he literally cannot play. 
So, you know, is he going to do well in the regular season and probably average like 18 and 12 for the Celtics and just like seem like he's doing a lot of good things? Yes. But is he susceptible to getting crushed in the pick and roll and the guy you can barely play in the playoffs down the stretch? Yes. I think this Boston uh, fans are going to like him a lot. Oh, fans, the fans of his, when he's on your team, love him until he got just like annoying as the end as a Knicks fan. I enjoyed him. He's, he's not a bad guy and he's a fun personality. And I think they'll like the fact that even though he's horrible defensively, he like sort of tries sometimes. And he is just like a classic, like low post old school type of big guy that, uh, you know, I think they'll appreciate. Well, at first I would like to definitely thank Knicks for uh, waving me. Yeah, yeah, we covered the the East last week in terms of player movement. So as our uh, third and long expansive topic, the Western Conference player movement, most of which happened within probably like the first 36 to 72, maybe less than that, hours of free agency. Uh, some trickled down into the last week or so. But uh, should I get us started, gents, with the Northwest? And do we want to – I'll go through each team and just kind of see if we love it or hate it. Let's do it. Love it or hate it. All right. So uh, your Northwest uh, champs last year, the Denver Nuggets, just extended Jamal Murray. And that was pretty much it. They they had a drafted bowl bowl. Maybe we should put that in there. But um, other than that, Nuggets, Cat, do you love it or hate it? Um, I hate it only from the standpoint that, you know, you always like to at least change something. Um, and you know, they definitely seem like they could use one more guy. Uh, I think they'd have to get creative though, but you know, hard, hard to hate on the team that, you know, was top two in the West. I mean, I think they would have thought their one more guy would have been Michael Porter Jr. But as, as I sit here today on July 7th. I've never seen Michael Porter Jr. dribble at NBA basketball. So uh, Martin, it's the tenth. <laughs> it's the tenth. Okay, July it's the tenth, seven ten. Weavers, thank you. Weavers. Oh, we'll go to Seven Eleven tomorrow for a free Slurpee. I'm definitely not going to edit that in time for Seven Eleven. So hope you made it. <laughs> so, um, no, but I, I kind of like the idea of Denver's. Like, all right, we got Jokic. Jokic seems like the guy who's never going to leave. Let's pay him. We got Murray. Let's pay Murray. Denver's not like the worst place in the world to be. You know, let's pay these guys now and try to like, because if if I'm like, look at, like, if I look at the rest of the league, the rest, like, we're not going to be involved in these Anthony Davis's, Rich Paul type of situations. Like, we're, this is Denver here. We, we have to, we have two all-star guys on our team. Right now, where everybody else has two all-star guys on their team, after the way it all shook out, Denver just paid theirs first and kept the ones that they had. And, I mean, I would just hope to hit on the wing and then, boom, see what I can do. And I think that's what they're trying to do. So I, I like the concept of paying Jamal Murray now, especially because, like, get, it's not Russell Westbrook. Like, he's not in year 10 when you sign this contract. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I love it. Basically everything you guys said, just firming up a team, a young core, two guys that are both under 24 years old. I'm pretty sure one that's a MVP candidate in Jokic. So those guys are shirt up there in Denver with some young injured players coming up. Maybe. Uh, all right, the Portland Trailblazers, another you know decent 
surprise team from last year. Uh, and obviously Dame did his thing in the playoffs, so they secured Dame. They added Hassan Whiteside, probably the biggest move. Uh, they secured Rodney Hood, added Super Mario Hazonia, and keep getting them checks, Anthony Tolliver. <laughs> Anthony Tolliver. What do we know about Anthony Tolliver? Who does he have dirt on? I don't know, man. I don't know how he takes charges. He takes charges. And hits threes. He does hit threes. But I remember him hitting threes like eight years ago, I feel like. Uh, Martin, love it or hate important Blazers? I love it because I like keeping the team that went to the Western Conference Finals back together. Like, I'm I'm Portland. I'm not – again – when we've been and Dame Lillard is obviously not making any phone calls to anyone to say, "Hey, would you like to come be a member of the Portland Trailblazers?" So let's just make this thing do what it does and ride it out. I'd like it. I like. I I feel like I'm not always higher on Portland than everybody else. Maybe it's because I'm higher on Dame. But if they could get somebody to like stand in front of LeBron while he scores thirty, you know, I kind of like it. They got to the West Coast Finals and Jokic had a broken leg. Yeah. Or not Jokic. Uh, yeah, Jokic. Nurkic. Whatever his name is. No, Nurkic. 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 The other one. Respect Nurkic. Bosnian Nurkic. Nurkic. Nurkic coming back should almost be on the list, but I'm going to go with hate it just because, granted, securing Lillard is good, like you said, but I don't think adding Hassan Whiteside is a good thing. Something tells me he's not going to be happy backing up Nurkic, and you can't play them together, and I just see him as and as a guy that doesn't work well. You know, him and Lillard are supposedly really good friends, though. Yeah, so Robinson Cano and Melky Cabrera. I hate it as well. <laughs> yeah. So, Kat, you're at on it as well? Yeah. I, I initially liked it, but then, you know, with Nurkic coming back, it's redundant. Rodney Hood has proved nothing. Mario Hazonia is, we've chronicled him extensively, a clown. And Anthony Tolliver is 34 and graduated Creighton before we even got to college. So, don't like it. Next. Next team is the Utah Jazz. Um, I love it. I'll start us off. They added our boy Bojan Crozier. Uh, They added Ed Davis, one of the best rebounding bench players of all time. They added former New York Nick Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, I see, like, lines about him being revived by... uh, uh, their coach. Now I'm drawing a blank. Quinn Snyder. Thank you. I could like picture him, Quinn Snyder. And they added uh, world traveler Jeff Green, who I think is now playing for his 37th franchise in like four or five seasons in the NBA. 38. You almost had it. <laughs> um, and let's not forget, they did lose Ricky Rubio, but they added Mike Connolly via trade. So you got to love it. Crozier is a great signing. Davis is a great bench player to fill in the Derek Favors, who's another departure. Um, but they can finally go with Gobert and Ingles and Crozier, kind of, you know, with both Gobert and four shooters like they've always been meant to and not have to worry about dealing with Favors. I don't see Moutier as a revival project, but uh, I don't know. They say Quinn Snyder can can help, but. Martin, you love it or hate it uh, in Salt Lake? Uh, I like it a lot. I like it a lot because I feel like they kept, like, the base of their team and just added where they needed to add, especially with Conley. I think he's going to take a lot of pressure off of Donovan Mitchell offensively. And, like, I like Utah to be a very good team in the West this year. Like, I think, like, 
the Western Conference is going to look weird in the standings. Like, I think a lot of these, like, relative super teams are not, like, may not have home court advantage type shit when it comes down to it. Just because, like, teams like Portland, Utah have continuity that will get them through the first 20 games of the year while everybody else is trying to figure it out. Plus load management in, in Los Angeles. Like, all the spots are just going to be filled with Lakers and Clippers players taking load management. All right, all right. So what happened? Did we did we give up on trying to get rid of load management as a term? <laughs> no, it's load management is here to stay, man. It is the most popular term in Los Angeles. I I'd also love the Utah stuff. Uh, yep. I think that Bojan Crozier's white, and Utah loves white people. Um, and then the rest <laughs> of the guys are also like solid uh, additions to an already good team. Anytime you can upgrade Ricky Rubio to Mike Conley Jr a Mike Conley Jr. that you know is going to want to get a title like his buddy Mark Gasol now. I think he's going to have an extra chip on his shoulder. I also think he's got a lot left in the tank, and I think that it's going to be a, a fun year in Utah with Quinn Snyder, reclamation projects, uh, You know, just continuing what he's built there. I think he's one of the more underrated or maybe underappreciated coaches because you only hear him being brought up in positive contexts. Yeah. It's a good call out. Quinn Snyder, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Uh, all right. Martin, give me your thoughts on the OKC Thunder. Basically, the massive amount of picks they got back. They got back Gallinati, who's an expiring contract, maybe someone they deal after the December 15th date that, the, you know, for traded guys to get traded again. Obviously, get SGA in there. Uh, and then re resigned Nerlens Noel and, and brought in Alec Burks and Mike Muscala. What are your thoughts? I hate it because I feel like I know that they got a lot for Paul George, but maybe they would like somebody else's a lot, a lot better. Like SGA is cool. Like he's a good player, but like, I don't know who else was. Like we don't know who else was available because they didn't put him on the market. Like I just, I just don't, I just fundamentally don't look, you don't want to be here. Fine. You want to go to LA? Cool. We're going to see where, what we could get for you because you signed the four-year deal here <laughs> and so we'll keep, we'll let you go but we're going to see our best what we can get and like i get like the clippers offer may have been the same and it may have been an offer they were going to take but like i don't know i just don't like it and plus i also don't like the fact that like everybody's like oh what a genius move by sam presti like sam presti didn't have all these contracts in the first damn place <laughs> like all these like he's the reason why they're capped but they're in luxury tax hell he is the reason Nobody else. So, like, he, okay, he, we're getting – he built the house that we're lighting on fire. So uh, – I'm going to give this one a hanging chad. It's TBD. It depends on what they do with Russell Westbrook to determine whether or not I love or hate what they did. Because, yeah, I like bringing in SGA and Gallinari and all those picks. Like, I, I like SGA. I watched, happened to watch a lot of them last year, watching a lot of the Clippers. And he's definitely a guy that's ready to play right now. So, you know, he could be an interesting piece, I mean, to build around, sure. But, like, he's a guy that can help you right now. And if they're trying to maximize value, I, I wonder what their end game is. So, I don't know what to say. I'm going to leave it TBD. He sort of stole what I wanted to say. I was going to say I, I hate it right now because, as Martin said, there's not they haven't really gotten much. They're sort of still in like this middleman world. But if they can unload the Westbrook contract and get some value in terms of picks and stuff in return, and really be a full restart, then I think I love it. 
Um, all right, let's finish out the uh, the Northwest Division. Uh, Martin, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, really kind of were in the the rumors a little bit, like with D'Angelo Russell and some other guys, but ultimately no big signings. Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley, who are basically the same player. Uh, Jake Lyman, Trevor Graham, Shabazz Napier. No big names here. Timberwolves. Love it. Hated it. Yeah. Hated it. Hate it. Doug. I didn't hear one name that I liked there. Nah, me neither. Doug, get off Wiggins and go get D'Angelo Russell and pair him with his best friend, Carl Anthony Towns. Everybody else wants to be best friends. Why don't you just get two all-stars who may just want to be best friends in Minnesota, right? Like, Carl's, Carl's already there. D'Angelo signing the money. Like, the market was kind of tempted for him. Like, you could have just did it. I'm, I mean, he's not LeBron against He's not signing Kawhi. But, you know, he's still an all-star last year. I think most teams have decided they want no, nothing to do with that Andrew Wiggins contract. Wow. What a fall from grace. Who would you say had a more embarrassing career? Anthony Bennett or Andrew Wiggins? Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. Yeah. What a what a weird story that is. That like no, it wasn't even that wasn't fair to him, honestly. No, he sh- he should not have gone number one. Yeah. But, exactly. Right. right. I think we can all agree on that. And then, and in that, and in that case, he would have just been like another number four or five pick that like didn't pan out versus a number one pick that played for like half a season or whatever it is. But at least at least Wiggins got his money. Not, you know what? Another th- one other thing about this guy, Scott Presti, or Sam Presti, rather, like who signed all these crazy, ridiculous deals. You know, who's the last guy he drafted who was worth a damn? You know, ah, you know what? Here you go, Kras. You know who he drafted? The guy who had 34 or 43 or whatever you said in Summer League. Cameron Payne. Payne. The Payne that you thought was Adrian Payne. That's who he's drafted. I wish it was Adrian Payne. <laughs> Adrian Payne, if you're out there, we miss you. Uh, let's head over to the Pacific Division first with the Golden State Warriors. They added D'Angelo Russell via sign and trade. They uh, added Willie Cauley Stein on the very cheap. I think only like two years, six mil or something like that. They re-signed Clay Thompson and Kevon Looney and added our boy Glenn Robinson the third. Kraz, your thoughts? I love it. I love the Cauley Stein. And bringing back Looney, like you've got some different ways that you can play the center position, put those guys next to Draymond. And we talked about this on the last episode, like D'Angelo Russell might not be the perfect fit next to Steph while Clay is out, but he's a damn good basketball player. And at the very least, like maybe it is to Minnesota. Maybe he's, this is a guy that they move. I don't, I don't know that Golden State is the end game for D'Angelo, but I still love what, uh, what they did this offseason. How about you, Martin? I mean, I guess if they can if they if they can trade D'Angelo Russell, it just did not seem that D'Angelo Russell had that big of a market initially. Like D'Angelo Russell is not Carl Anthony Towns is not Kawhi Leonard. He can't be like go trade for D'Angelo Russell and they're like, all right, well stop the boat. You know, we got to go get D'Angelo Russell before we move any further. Like I just don't, I just don't see like what they're what are they going to trade him for. They signed him to a max contract. Like, if you're going to trade him, you at least have time to, like, a team-friendly one-year something. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, maybe it'll make sense in December, but, like, you essentially had the chance to return a team that won 73 regular season games a few years ago 
albeit a few years older, minus a Harrison Barnes. Like, I would have tried to find the Harrison Barnes. I, I disagree. I think I actually liked it. I think they took a big swing on D'Angelo, and you know he—he—that's the thing. If he, he's going to get a max contract, it's like it's only a matter of like a formality to give it to him, and then you move him, right? So uh, I liked it for them. I thought they needed like a compliment to Steph to kind of like run the same thing with another splash brother, and this they just went out and got that guy, and I liked the aggression, especially for a team that knew they were going to lose Durant. They knew the end was nigh with with uh Iguodala and now no more Sean Livingston boogie's gone like it's going to be a totally different team in Golden State and especially with no clay it's going to be weird but I like what they did getting another like what I felt like in Brooklyn last year was like a budding and bona fide superstar in D'Lo nah man like I I don't think a lot too many people were trying to offer him that contract that they signed to trade him for and so if I if 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 the if there's only two or three teams that were willing to offer him that contract when you signed it to him, when you signed him to it, then like now those two or three teams have filled those holes. All right, they may not be happy with what they filled, but they got a point guard that somebody has. They have somebody there that's a living, breathing human being to dribble basketball. And it, I just wonder what will the market be. And of course, somebody now, of course, unfortunately, somebody's going to break their leg, and now you know the market's going to be sky high, but. I just it just it doesn't make sense. It's like buying a used car to sell. It feels like not to say that D'Angelo Russell is a used car, but it just seems like for a trade for a trade chip, it doesn't have much value. Oh come on, man! He's got plenty of value. You had to watch. Who was gonna sign him? I think lots of people would have signed him. He made the All Star team last year and took over a bunch of games. Like he's an exciting young player. And got cut from the not cut, but got basically got renounced for the guy who says the earth is flat and asked his coach if he understands what the government is. Like that's who they replaced D'Angelo Russell with. I'm not trying to say he's a bad player, but I'm saying he's not one of these guys who moves the league. Not, not maybe not yet, but like I think that the, that that comment is not fair because Kyrie brought them Durant. Like I'm with you. I, I, I like they they chose Kyrie, but they chose Kyrie because of Durant. And I think that if it was like just no Durant, just get Kyrie, I think they would have stuck with D'Lo. I think, but once you're playing the hand where it's like, wow, we got a shot to get Kevin Durant for a year, even if it was just a year. They but they're getting him for the three and one, so basically two healthy years. Let's say you got to take that shot, and if it means getting Kyrie, I think that's a fair trade to make in for your team but D'Lo you also gotta like think how young is he 23 24 like you take a swing pair him with somebody else I think that could move the NBA or what if he's your third banana I don't know man I just maybe I saw too much of him when he played for the Lakers maybe that's it yeah that's old D'Lo that's like I bust you on Snapchat D'Lo this is like new tatted up like Brooklyn hipster See, once you come to Brooklyn, you drink a little of the water here. You're, you know, you're just gonna start thriving. And look, I didn't mean to do all this time on D'Angelo Russell, but I just remember when they were playing the Sixers, thinking Karis LeVert should be taking these shots in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Period. Stop. Go blue. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of teams that we love, moving on to the L.A. Clippers, they added Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Mo Harkless, Ronnie Magruder, and then brought back Zubach and Pat Beverly. 
I love it. I'll start us off. What's not to love? They got Kawhi and Paul George and are the favorites to win the title. I feel like they could use a playmaker. Jermichael Green. They just got him. Love it. Uh, let's move on to the Sacramento Kings. Harrison Barnes, they brought back, I guess, technically. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, they added. Trevor Ariza, he just loves to go to bad teams. Corey <laughs> Joseph and Rashawn Holmes. I was always a you know deep fantasy. Loves Rashawn Holmes. Backing up, uh, who is that? Alex Len back in the day? That's how you know you're not in a good shape. <laughs> yeah, but he's a solid player, and they, I think most of these guys are pretty serviceable. Like, Deadman and Holmes are pretty similar guys. I think Deadman can step out a little more, but I think these were sneaky good moves by the Kings, who were a borderline playoff team last year, and now that the the West is a little more wide open with the Warriors being broken up and the, the L.A. team's probably going to struggle out of the gate, like Martin said. Maybe it's the team up. Uh, maybe it's the fourth California team that surprises us a little bit, and this uh, this could be it. Oh, that's a scorching take you got there, Krasman. <laughs> yeah, I am like uh, I don't really have an opinion. Like they're okay. Like I think that'd be fine. Pistons West. Yes, exactly. Pistons West. Yeah, Pistons West. I like it. Exactly. Six to nine seed. Congratulations. Here's a team that's probably going to be the last seed. It's the Phoenix Suns. These guys are like Magic West. Yeah. Magic West. So they added Ricky Rubio, Frank Kaminsky, and then Kyle Korver, who I believe they've already bought out or plan to buy out. So they added Ricky Rubio and Frank Kaminsky. Uh, I hated it because, you know, Fuck Robert Sarver. I'm with agreement. Hate it. Fuck him. Let's move on to the L.A. Lakers. They added Anthony Davis, Jared Dudley, Danny Green, Boogie Cousins, Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Avery Bradley, and then brought back Rajon Rondo and JaVale McGee. Holy moly, what a complete overhaul. LeBron's got his team, GM LeBron. Do you think he did it, Chris? I love it. I mean, this is what LeBron does. He just takes, remember he did it in the middle of the season with the Cavs? Like, he just takes rosters, flips them, and figures out how to work, make them sort of work. Um, you know, we said it on an episode a while back. When he came to L.A., that first season was it going to be whatever it was going to be. And ultimately, if they got A.D. in year two, then he accomplished what he went there to do. And that's three years of Anthony Davis's prime. And I actually think Avery Bradley could be a good LeBron guy, like just defends well and, you know, could be a good third kind of scorer on, in certain lineups. You got to like Danny Green's experience. You got to like Dudley's experience. You got to like Quinn Cook's experience. So some of these guys do make sense. And, and you know, Boogie will give you whatever Boogie can give you. But him and AD are at least comfortable playing together. You know that. Martin? I, I mean, I like the move. I like it. I mean, obviously, what's not to like? I do think it's going to be a little ugly to start out with, though. And I think that LeBron defensively, I, I, I bet under 50 games, but like 48. I actually did bet under 50 games with one of my coworkers. But like forty eight wins. I think that'll be 
Yeah, I think they'll be good. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that they mismanaged free agency by not signing anybody earlier on because they were waiting on Kawhi? They should have they should have been more realistic with themselves in this Kawhi Leonard situation. I really do think so. Because you had an opportunity to be the best team in the West by far, even with what happened in, in Los Angeles and with the Clippers, if you filled out that hole with, like, some decent guys, like the Seth Currys of the world. I really do think that if you built some, if you built around, but I don't think that Rob Palenka is built to do that. I think he's failed up twice. And I think his best luck would be to just push all in again, and I think that's what he did. So I'm I'm sort of in agreement in that I I think you, to your point they should have had done their due diligence on Kawhi and just been more proactive and smarter in general, but I don't necessarily think it was wrong to hold out if they didn't have the intel they needed if he really was keeping it as close to the vest as it sounds. Um, I can understand you know championships are built with at least two superstars dynasties can get built not to say that they necessarily have a dynasty but maybe right if it was Kawhi, ad and lebron that would be a very difficult team so uh they knew they were going to have to piece together a team either way you know was you know who would you know when we look around i i guess the question is like who would have been the signing that would have really moved the needle that much more than guys like danny green and quinn cook who just played in the nba finals um that's a fair point. I would say this about the Lakers. I think, uh, that, you know, this is going to be a real put-up-or-shut-up season here for LeBron and Anthony Davis. I feel like both guys have a lot to prove. So, you, you, you know, you say you think it might be ugly early. I don't know. I feel like they may get off to a fast start because they're going to be highly motivated. And those two guys on the court together are going to win most games. I think the key for the Lakers is going to be how deep are they and how, you know, when, when it's late in the season, you know, who's running the show, Frank Vogel or LeBron, like what's, what's the dynamic going to be like and are they going to be able to sustain it throughout? I mean, Anthony Davis is relatively unproven. He doesn't really have any playoff experience and, you know, LeBron's been through it, you know, time and time again. So I'm curious to see how it winds up because they'll obviously be around, but, I think that, you know, I, I don't know how, how they're going to hold up throughout the season because I don't love the rest of the guys, and I feel like there are a lot of old guys and a lot of question marks. Should we move on to the uh, Southwest Division? Let's do it. All right, I'll run us through it. Let's, uh, let's be uh, rapid fire because not a ton happened. The Houston Rockets uh, kept Gerald Green, Daniel House Jr., and Austin Rivers, and I'm pretty sure Daryl Morty was quoted for saying – you know, they feel good. Even if the West got better, they weren't that far from a championship for two years in a row. So they're running it back. So I guess I love it in that regard. Nah, hate it. I'm starting. I'm, I'm starting to not fear the beard as much. You guys too. I'm all oh. Oh. I'll take the L on this one. You were having such a good year. I, I was fearing it. I was fearing it, but then. You know what happened? I stopped fearing the beard. Martin? The one team in the West where continuity is probably a bad thing. Not a fan. All right. 
Another team that is going pretty much with continuity, the Spurs re-signed Rudy Gay, and did they did add Damari Carroll from those Brooklyn Nets. Um, not a great year last year, though. They do get Murray back. Um, Martin, love it, hate it. Spurs, where you're at? Spurs got lucky with Tim Duncan. That's my hot take. Whoa, that is oh, that's hot. pretty hot. Yeah, Greg Popovich is a little bit of a fraud. I'm not saying he's a fraud. He still was there, but they got lucky with Tim Duncan. Kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder got lucky with with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Interesting. And I think like, and now like that, that now that these players are leaving these franchises, we'll see. And look at like things like the New Orleans Pelicans. People are like, oh, they can't say that they're going to move to Seattle. Yeah, we'll just see how that all goes. Ooh, strong words from a strong man. I like the DeMar Carroll <laughs> signing. Uh, you know, it was interesting. Shout out Weaver and Achiever Michelle, who sh- always shouts out his uh, Gucci track suits. Uh, I wonder if they have those down in San Antonio. I certainly didn't see any when I was down there. Might be too hot. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what kind of fits Damari Carroll is going to be uh, sporting down there in San Antonio. Could be a little bit of culture shock. Look for a slow start from Damari out of the gate. <laughs> All right. We will be uh, good. That's great intel from our fashionista correspondent, Katmandu. Uh, look out for Damari Carroll, potential slow start. A team that made uh, many headlines this offseason so far, the New Orleans Pelicans. Added, obviously, in the big trade, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. They signed Derek Favors. They signed J.J. Redick, who just loves to follow the fun young guys to good cities. Uh, They signed Euro basketball player Nicola Mele, and they re-signed Darius Miller and obviously added Zion. What's not to like? This is, I mean, the West, just everyone had fun. I love this team. I think they're going to be really fun to watch. And who knows? They could hunt for a playoff spot for a few games. And mm, Chris, man, took it right. I was about to give my hot take. I was like, why Why is this team not a playoff team? They might be. Because I also think, you know, a new situation for a big baller in Lonzo Ball, a proven guy in J.J. Redick who has shown no signs of really slowing down. Brandon Ingram maybe can take a leap. Who knows? But also, just signing a guy named Nicolo Melli puts you in a great spot automatically. <laughs> so I love it. David Griffin really knows what he's doing. Darius Miller sounds like he could have played in any era. Uh, so you got to love that signing, too. You love generic <laughs> names like Darius Miller. He was a Kentucky guy. He's been on the Pelicans, like, for his whole career. Yeah. Right, they always just – yeah. I don't. They just always find a home for each other. I like him a lot. I believe in David Griffin. I'm mean, like midway through listening to him on the Roach Pod. He's solid. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in on David Griffin as well. Real quick, not to throw us off too much as we finish up here, but I, I think it's fair to say Oklahoma City most likely drops out of the West playoffs from last year, and the Lakers would be in. It's hard to see. I guess the Warriors might be the other team that's the fringe playoff team unless you know something surprising happens with a team like the Blazers or maybe the Jazz are a little vulnerable. I don't know. A lot of people think the Jazz are uh, an under 
the radar or I guess not that under the radar pick like a good value pick as a to win the West. It might be a little ambitious. Yeah, I could see it going either way. But uh, all right. So think on that Weavers and Achievers and, and let us know on Twitter what you think, what teams could be dropping out of the West if the Pelicans are maybe a threat this year or the Kings or uh, maybe even the Mavs. Who knows? Um, so speaking of the Mavs, they extended KP. They signed Steph's brother, Seth Curry. They brought in Boban, our man, uh, Dwight Powell, who's a pretty solid backup center, Darius Finney-Smith, J.J. Perea, and Maxi Kleber caught his bag as well. So pretty much just like brought back the same squad, but I guess they're, uh, they're thinking KP's ready to go. So what do we think? They're, they're going with the obviously the one-two punch of Luka and KP. Guys, I have a very hot take here. Dead Mavericks might be a playoff team too. Like, I think that the fact that they were playing Dirk all those minutes, Dirk should have been nowhere near the floor. And now they've got a bona fide stud in Luka. And I think Chris Stapps is going to be a, a man on a mission. And I just think that this could be like, you know, we were talking about KP like he was a potential like breakout star. And obviously coming off an injury, there are question marks. But I think adding him... And, you know, hit, pairing him with Doncic and, you know, the rest of these moves, like they're definitely like the Euro Mavs, like tons of Euro guys. It's definitely going to be a lot of like trance music in the locker room. I just think it's it's a good recipe down there. Martin? Uh, I'm high on it. I wish they would have got Goran Dragic, though. Like when I saw that news, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then they decided not to do it, I guess, or whatever. He's luxury, but- bro. He's washed. He's terrible. I think they also just want to be able to like give Luca the keys and not have him, have him have to worry about it. Like he was just so much better. He slowed down a little bit at the end of the year, but when Dennis Smith Jr. was gone, you know they gave him the reins. And I'm kind of with you, Cat. The pick and roll with KP, and you know, part of me is designed to want KP to fail, but there's part of me that just thinks that could be a crazy, crazy pick and roll, pick and pop combo for the next decade. And it's uh, you know. It's basically like they split the atom. Like Dirk is the atom, and then they split him, and now they have a unicorn and a unicorn, and it's like, whoa! How did they manage to get like two of the premier Euro guys on the same team? Like that's not going to have some sort of like. There's twin energy on the Bucks. There's Euro energy on the Mavs. I will say though. I, I while the thought of the Luca KP uh, pick and roll is like obviously what you want to run. I just don't want to run that all of the time. Like not like I know that sounds like dumb sort of, but like analytically it was what I should run all the time. But like just over the span of a year, I'd like to I'd like to have that. I like to pull that one out in like late June. Yeah, no, no, they'll they'll be able to mix it up, man. Like the, that's what's so cool about both those guys score in so many different ways. That uh, I don't know, and I'm I'm curious to see if they can unleash. I forgot Seth Curry was on the the Trailblazers last year, but he was on the Mavs at one point. Uh, I'm curious to see if they can utilize him because he he could be a good player in a good system with Luca, who's a great uh, has great court vision. But uh, let's finish out. Our final team after two weeks of going through the the player movement here in the NBA offseason, Memphis Grizzlies, our 
friends down south in Tennessee. Added Justin Jackson, former King. Added DeAnthony Melton. Added Jonas Valanciunas, or re-signed him technically. Uh, Igudala and Dwight Howard both got traded to them, I think, to absorb those contracts. So I don't know if those guys are most likely, I think, getting bought out and will end up elsewhere. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of, these guys feel like the Detroit West for me. You got to think they're just in full rebuild. Mode. Oh, no. This is this is like Phoenix West, but the Phoenix was <laughs> Right now in Memphis, they're saying, thank God for Phoenix. No, but they have John John Morant and, and John uh, or Jaron Jackson Jr., which is what I was going to say. Like at least they have some foundation. I like that guy, those guys better than Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I get, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like they're saying thank God for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But I guess yeah, maybe um, that's pretty comparable. Those two, yeah. Either way, you know, it's still pretty cold in the wintertime in both of these cities. Yeah, but the food's better in Memphis, at least. That's that's definitely true. How do you guys feel about Chandler Parsons basically making like $800,000 a game? I just wish I had, to, I wish I had the means to be able to have somebody hook me up like that. That's all I feel like when I see stuff like that. I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel like I just, man, I was just, man, one of these days, it would just be nice if somebody messed around and accidentally gave me that much money to just do whatever I wanted to do. Every so often it happens, you know what I'm saying? Like right. people luck into it. Cash apps open. Three man weave is our cash yeah. tag. Just send us money. Yeah, I will take it if if you don't. If no strings attached. Money is the best kind of money to get. So, oh baby, send it over. We're moving in the right direction. You've, you're getting your off-season updates, and we will continue to bring you the hottest off-season updates. Any parting words from the West Coast, Martin Weiss? Uh, all's quiet in Inglewood tonight. Until we start breaking ground on that new Clipper arena, baby. <laughs> I think that's a good last word from the cat, man. Weave and achieve. Weave and achieve. We've been achieved. Okay, and we're back because it looks like before we could edit and release that episode, some news did drop. We had Russell Westbrook traded for Chris Paul and draft picks. Martin, you think this is going to work? Yes. Yes. No, the entire time you guys have been calling me, telling me about how, well, Russ don't have... Russ don't have no shooters. Russ don't have this. Russ don't have that. Well, guess what? He just got traded to the roster with all the shooters, with all of the everything that Russ is going to be able to do and be like a dominant basketball player. I'm so in on this Houston trade that it doesn't even make sense. I'm like, like the window was gone, right? With Chris Paul, the window was gone. 
All they did just now was open the. I'm on the 27th floor in Vegas. All they did right now was take off the shears, take off the drapery. You can see outside. There is light in Houston now because they made this trade for Russell Rushbrook and uh, and James Harden together. Okay, so simple question: Do you fear the beard now? No more or less than I did, I guess. Like no more or less than I like super did before when he was like a super playoff, like super regular season guy. But I'm just in on this whole deal. Like, like I'm just in on I feel the beard. I fear the beard more now because he has Russell Westbrook with him and not like Eric Gordon. You know what I mean? And because the Warriors are not the Warriors anymore. KD's out of the West. Big facts. And that's why they they had to do it. You're right. They hit their limit with what they could do with CP3 and Harden. Russ is younger. And it'll just be interesting to see how two ball-dominant guys fit together. But they've done it before. We're, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm in, all in, like Martin said. And you have to be all in on the OKC side just in terms of full rebuild, go all in on your assets and, and young guys. And honestly, that won't be that terrible. You have guys like Gallinari. Guys, that's where I push back. And that's obviously, well, back. you got CP3, Gallinari, and a couple other guys. SGA. SGA, obviously. Ferguson, like Steven Adams. It's not a terrible team. And if it is, if they are bad, they'll try to trade CP3. Look, Chris, it's not a fucking good team. No, it's not a good team. But okay, we can, we can say that right here, right now. It's not a good team. It's not a good team at all. But it's just, I have heard for years and years and years, how oh New Orleans need to move the Pelicans like like fuck that bro and like Oklahoma City is just like this just awesome place to be no it'll be really interesting to see what they do when that team is sucks because that team is going to suck like I understand that you were like oh yeah Chris Paul blah 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 no 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 Chris I don't mean to disrespect you this team is going to suck big time they're going to be bad and it'll be really interesting to see what the fans of Oklahoma City do. To be like, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still going to go. Like, no, they, they, bro, that team is bad. We'll see. I think they're, if Chris Paul is healthy and, and engaged, I think they could be a 500 team. Now, you might not, yeah. you might, they might slide early and he might become a trade asset, like I was saying, but until he becomes a trade asset or injured, he's a, a very top, still a top point guard in my, in my perspective. And the West is just going to be competitive. Everyone's going to beat up everybody else. He's for sure not bad. Like he he is not a bad guy. I just think the Oklahoma City Thunder are gonna be a thirty seven max win team. Well, they also have fifteen first round picks in the next like seven drafts. So, you know, they're scouting guys in uh in those middle school AAU games and uh figuring out what the future looks like too. LeBron James Jr. Exactly. Whoever Bronny is passing to, that's who Oklahoma City will draft in the first round. Like, that's, you know, it's kind of like that. Like, Zaire Wade's best friend. Like, okay, cool. I think that they're going to stink. I just think also, too, like, you said, Kraz, they're going to try to trade Chris Ball. To who? To it, bro. Exactly. They're like, nobody wants him now. Nope. If it gets to the middle of the season and he's healthy, but the Thunder are going more the direction you guys think. Then I don't know, a team like uh, 
like Miami, where we we thought Russ might be going, maybe makes the move to to try to make a push in the East. I don't know. Well, Matthew, baby, the contract. What are we gonna yeah. do with that contract? I was gonna say, I feel like the word might be out about the banana boat crew. One guy, one guy's out because of health reasons. The other guy can't seem to land a free agent, and the other two guys are out of work. Carmelo can't play defense, and Chris Paul said, "Nope, I'd rather not. I'd rather wrap in." And and supposedly they haven't found a bite for us for a trade yet. So you know, you guys are definitely warm on the, you know, the rest of the league getting warm on CP3. I just wonder if a team that thinks they're making a push this year, not to say they get desperate, but you know, we've seen big contracts move before. We, you know, it's not impossible is all I'm saying. No, no, no. That, that, and that is a fair point, Chris, because every contract in the league can be traded. Like, every single one. Especially because they can package him with first-round picks. And that's honestly, that's kind of the price of, like, a bad contract, right? Like, yeah. now it's like, hey, Jeff, okay, well, I'll package you with a first-rounder. Are you good with that? But I just think, it, I, bro. This contract is crazy. Chris Paul makes so much money. Would you rather have Chris Paul or John Wall? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Really? John Wall's like always hurt. And he just, he can't prove to be a productive like winner. I know Chris Paul hasn't, didn't make the finals or the conference finals rather until last year with Houston, but. I'm a crash. He ain't win. Chris Paul ain't win shit. But John Wall has won less shit than Chris Paul. <laughs> I, I would actually go as far to say John Wall's lost shit. Vegas Martin, very well said. Well, let's just say one thing. We said the word was out about the Banana Boat crew. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, is he getting a contract? Are we still confident here? No, up the he chopper? is not. Yeah, no. that's it. Mellow to China. I'll be honest. I honestly thought that it would happen. I thought it was going to happen before now. It's not going to happen now. It's... Well, how about Anthony Bennett? Anthony Bennett got a contract. I think it's kind of fucking ridiculous that Anthony, like guys like Anthony Bennett can get a contract and Carmelo Anthony just simply cannot. Like, you mean to tell me that, that Carmelo Anthony is just no longer a good basketball player? He can only shoot uncontested jump shots in that little spot. <laughs> With the hoodie. Exactly. I refuse to believe that Carmelo Anthony is limited to, like, 47% on two uh, on two-point jumpers. Like, I just refuse to believe that that's the case. Like, he's got to be able to guard somebody, right? I don't know. He probably can't even guard Anthony Bennett. He can't guard anybody, and the attitude's just not right. But you know where it could be right? Oh, it could be right in China, man. China, they don't care. Bro, Carmelo Anthony is an NBA player. Right here, right now. I don't care what what's the day. It's six twenty seven East Pacific Standard Time on July eighteenth. Carmelo Anthony is an NBA player, former. He's just he's just not in the league right now. But he, bro, you can't tell me that. Like, like honestly, Houston needs him. <laughs> Houston. Uh, How about Iman Shumpert? Is he going to get a contract? Houston wanted nothing to do with him. Chris, if you're playing the should Iman Shumper you at a contract game, then Carmelo should be yes, right? No, like yes, yes, like no. Melo is a hundred percent an NBA player, former, right, right former. here, right now, and I, <laughs> I'll die on that fucking hill. Fuck that, like he's an NBA player. All right, man, we might have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, we'll we'll see it. Yeah. I mean, a team's either going to sign him or they're not. So he'll, he's either an NBA player or a former NBA player. Oh, uh, let me give you another. Let me give you another one. J.R. Smith, Kraz, your favorite. Oh, he's getting a contract for sure. What? J.R. Smith is. Someone's giving J.R. the minimum, the vet minimum for sure. No way. J.R. Smith. No way. No way. Me, I I feel confident in this hang right here, right now. 13 (laughs) minutes and 45 seconds in that me and J.R. Smith will make the same amount of money playing professional basketball (laughs) in the next year. Ooh, Martin, be careful, though. Guess who has played in China before? Yeah, guess who's (laughs) happy to go to Shanghai. Right, exactly. Like 100 a game. See, that's the way we get Melo to China. It's JR to China and then Melo to China. I don't I'm not buying the Melo to China at all. Oh, tell me something I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, Cat's been selling the Cat's been selling the Clippers just as long. It's true. Well, I'm just saying, Crash, because he's a functional player. He's a functional NBA player. He just He's like forty three percent from three. Like, what's the, I, no I get contender? It. I get it. No contender felt that way this past year yeah. to sign him. And I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else. I'm not an advanced stats guy, but I bet you there's something in there that says that he sucks. <laughs> I'm super anti advanced stats, but I will say this: just just as a moment, everybody's talking about how the two best GMs in the NBA just made a deal trading Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. However, Martin will say that the reason why that Chan Pressy needs to get off these fucking terrible deals because he signed them. Like, like, like Alex, not Alex Sabrinas and whatever, whoever these are, like Alex, uh, my buddy, uh, Roberson. Both of them, though. Uh, Maury's the same way. Like, all of them. And then more, exactly. Maury's the same way. Yeah. It's like we just give these guys passes simply because. They sign these super long contracts. I don't care if you have a star. Like maybe your maybe your idea is not to sell on the star. And they traded they traded one bad contract for the other bad contract. And had to give shit up. What a, what a way to end what a way to end the like free agency period, where now like forty percent of the league can't be traded until after December fifteenth because they've moved teams. But people are like, oh yeah, Oklahoma City won this deal. I'm like, bro, what? How? 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 Houston extended their title championship uh, possibilities for like two more years, right? Two, three more years. How do you think it's going to go, Kat? I think that it's going to go poorly for the Thunder. I just... There's no way that you can sell me on like, oh man, but they got an angry, irritated Chris Paul on a rebuilding team. I'm just like, no, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, bro. Chris Chris Paul is as uh, our friend Shaquille O'Neal would say, barbecue chicken. Yikes! Can we also just quickly shout out real quick, Big Three Legend Joe Johnson, ISO Joe Johnson, seven time All Star Joe Johnson. I've heard. I haven't watched any, uh, like not a, not even a minute of the Big Three. However, I have heard that Joe Johnson is doing numbers right now. It's the perfect league for him. If we ever make three-on-three in Olympic sport, ISO Joe is exactly the number one pick. Three-on-three is an Olympic sport right now. Oh, all right. Well, let's get Joe Johnson on the team. <laughs> it is. I just oh. We just got to uh, make the team. Olympic gold medalist? He's going to be more legendary than Melo was in the Olympics. Why isn't Melo on the three-on-three team? I just, I just like, I'm like third on the Rockets to finish in the Western Conference. Like, I'm super high. 
on Houston. And, like, we said it last time we recorded. Like, Houston was the team that was like, oh, man, continuity sounds like a bad idea for these guys. And then they just was like, you know what? Fuck continuity. I'll go ahead and ship this guy this way and ship this other guy this way. And I'm in. I'm, bro, I'm in. I'm super, like, I like Houston better than L.A. Oh, oh, not those Clippers. No, not the Clippers. I like Houston better than the Lakers. I like Houston better than Utah. I like Houston better than I like Houston a lot. A lot. Weavers and Beavers. Martin is in on Houston. Houston, we have a Martin. <laughs> Houston, we have a Martin, for real. Because we have two of the most ball-dominant players ever, right? Like, they obviously know that that's not going to work out going forward, right? And they played together before. It just, you know what it is? It just seems like to me that this, if I was a GM, this is the type of move I would make. All right, any final thoughts for the Weavers and Achievers? Things to think about over the summer? Things to look for? No, rest up, Weavers and Achievers. You've earned it. You've, you know, you've weaved and achieved with us all year. No, we're not going radio silent on you, but the NBA needs to breathe, as does uh, as does yourself. So enjoy the summer. If you're listening to this podcast, I recommend that you turn it off and go downstairs, pour a drink, and have a good time. Because that's what I'm about to go do. That's right, Weavers and Achievers. You heard it here first. Weave and Achieve through the summer, and we'll see you soon. Weave and Achieve. <laughs> Weave and Achieve. I will say, though, I'm big on Russell Westbrook teams. <laughs> Super big. All right, you know what? I like the Clippers. Weave and Achieve. <laughs> Weave and Achieve. <laughs> there you go. Hit too clear. LA is hit too clear. Hit too clear. LA is hit too clear. Cassell takes over the court. With Dish, take a three, never screams aboard. With the Clippers. And there ain't nothing hipper. You want bigger stars? Gotta check the big dipper. You're about to see what the hype's all about. We're going all the way to the top. No doubt. With the fans in the stands, though the team with the steam. Mr. Jones with the funk is that Martin Sheen. And Coach Dunleavy plays a game of chess. With Cayman banging inside. Best dress. He'll block your ace with his hair in his face. And we know the real MVP in this place. That's Brad. Hit too clear. LA is hit too clear. Hit too clear. LA is hit too clear. Double slap. The line, two color, two guys here, good sign. Watson, Livingston, quick and lean. The party you and Baker remember, Rockets still the scene. Mobley, Maggetti start passing out the Kleenex. The sun's about to set out in Phoenix.